The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. This podcast is powered by Sports Drink. Your digital water cooler. Welcome, everybody, to the Caught in the Net podcast. Uh, Today's episode of Caught in the Net is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out uh, online or on their social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink, spelled like sports drink, but without the vowels, sweet Chuck. No vowels. Can't have, 
No, it can't have any vowels in sports drink. No vowels. Is and that, all we ask, all we ask, is that you close the door behind you. Is that we're is, trying? Is that not, trying to not to let the funk out? Is that not politically correct to have vowels in your name? I, I guess? know. I, I guess that must be a political thing nowadays. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, it's good. So, point. Uh, it's a good point. So, anybody, everybody, welcome to Caught in the Net. Dave Severance here with Mike Procopio, uh, your your tomfoolery tag tag team. It's a good, good <laughs> to way talk to put about it. Uh, to talk about uh, little basketball. Hey, today, sweet Chuck, we're going to go in the direction of trainers. Okay, and it's a hot topic. And, yeah, hot topic trainers and the advent and the development and our thoughts on these uh, this new cottage industry called the basketball trainer. It's not really new though. Like I mean, it's been around <laughs> for really. a while, right? They've been around for yeah. A while. We'll, we'll go we'll go through kind of the timeline of what we've seen. But this, I tell you what, if I'm a parent of a of a middle school or a high school or maybe even a college age uh, player, and I'm a parent, this is the this is the episode I want to listen to if I'm a parent. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, with these parents and high school kids, they spend literally said thousands of dollars a year on their kid. I, I got a friend who advises me a lot. He's got a daughter in the in you know sort of, she's a, um, you know she's going to be a, a college recruit in, in in basketball, and you know he tells me all the money that's out there that they have to spend on like you know recruitment services and scouting services and you know um, trainers is a big expense and I think it's important to you know he tells me how important it is and I I see it. And I think it's important because there are some good ones out there and there are some not so good ones out there. Yeah. Well, let's go back, Sweet Chuck, um, to the advent uh, of this thing called, you know, the basketball trainer. And to me, it coincides with the, um, with the invention of the iPhone. Um, okay. And that was a, probably around 2008. Uh, and up until that point, we really didn't see the emergence of trainers, you know, we just called them coaches, right? Yeah, they were around. There was a few around. I guess the first one that we sort of encountered was, you know, Gannon Baker, right? Like Gannon Baker was the first guy that yeah. we knew that sort of went around and worked out kids and traveled the country doing it. Dave Hopwell yeah, was another one, but he's yeah. a shooting coach. Yeah, and I remember you and I, uh, I think our first interaction with Gannon was when he came to the Nike All-America camp, probably late 90s. Uh, to work out kids. That's the first time I'd seen him. I don't know about you. I think he was around uh, a little later than that. I think he's in the 2000s, but not too far okay. later than that. Because I met him first when I was with the was when I was with the Celtics. I met Gannon in '04, but that that seems like he was around. Yeah, right around then he was sponsored by N One. Kevin Eastman brought him to a game because he was you know. Um, he coached Gannon in college and he told me about what he does and, you know, traveling the country and doing these workouts. And then I think we saw him at Nike camp. Yeah. Next maybe summer. it was, maybe it was early two thousands. Yeah. You're yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, he was, um, I think he was the godfather to most of these trainers as far as like, you know, doing all these clinics, uh, marketing his name, doing it a little bit differently. If you like it, if you don't like it, whatever. But like, he was different. He was definitely different. And I remember him right. putting out all these videos. 
That's when the first time I met him. I've not met him, but I heard of him. Because Gannon was doing all these videos that he was selling online about, like, doing all these, like, quote-unquote NBA player workouts. Like, he has a Paul Pierce tape, and he had a sure. this player tape and that player tape. So, yeah, I think I, it, right around 03 is when I started yeah. hearing about him. <laughs> And, and I, hey, Gannon owes me a little bit of money, Sweet Chuck, because I bought almost all those DVDs. Yeah. Uh, and I still got and That's when back when it was DVDs. Right. Uh, you know, and I, and I remember buying all those and, and looking at them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and Gannon's a friend of both of ours, and I think he does a fantastic job, and he's, he's done a really good job with his brand in the last, you know, 20 years or so. Um, so he, he was kind of the, the first guy that, that, that you and I really came across. Um, now, now as, as we progress and, and, and social media becomes more and more prevalent, uh, we, we've seen this thing explode, mm-hmm. uh, this advent of, of the trainer and the, and, uh, and the social media and all that. And you and I have seen it explode. So what I'd like to do, Sweet Chuck, is take a look at it as if you're a parent and you have a middle school or a high school kid that you're considering, you know, hiring a trainer. Mm-hmm. And there's... There's five things that I think that a parent needs to be aware of. Uh, but before we get into those five things, um, what, what do you think about, you know, if you're a parent and you're looking to hire a trainer? Well, I think the most important thing that you need to try to figure out, and it's hard because, look, parents are like us. They, they can't just pick up a phone and talk to different coaches and say, hey, is this trainer any good? I think that the number one thing that you're really trying to look for is to try to get your son or daughter better at certain things. You know, you know what you right. sort of know what they're good at, you sort of know what they're not good at, and if you don't, you could ask your coach. And I think that a they need to know how to get your player better, and your 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 child better. And I think that's you know either you know knowing how to increase their basketball IQ, increase their ball handling, their shooting, their defense what have you, but they, they need to actually have a skill at making players better. And, you know, that's the number one skill. I think, to, to be honest with you, Sev, the mistake parents make is I think in, in, you know, I think they go to the trainer that has the most social media presence because they feel as though it will give their son or daughter the most exposure. And I think, right. you know, to try to get to college and rankings and things like that. But what's your list, Sev? What's your... Well, the, the number one thing, if I'm a parent, is do your homework. Okay? Now, if you're a parent that lives in a metropolitan area, urban area, you're going to have a lot more trainers available to you. Mm-hmm. If, you're, um, if you're in a small, you know, rural area, you know, you're not going to have the luxury of, of having that kind of a choice. Mm-hmm. But number one, you've got to do your homework mm-hmm. with, with who, who it is you're considering hiring. Um, you know, ask the high school coach, ask the college coach, hey, have you ever heard of this person? Um, so, you know, number one is just do your homework. It's like buying a used car or a new car. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just not going to buy the, the first one that the salesman, you know, tries to sell you. So number one is do your homework. Number two, sweet Chuck, and you and I are big on this, is go watch them. Mm-hmm. Watch them work. Mm-hmm. What's their presence on the court? What's their personality? What are their teaching methods? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it a big group? Is it a small group? Um, you know, how, do, how does the trainer interact with the, uh, with the students you know, or the players? So that's the second thing. I, I would really recommend go to watch 
this person work before you pull the trigger on hiring them. Uh, the third thing is once you decide which trainer you want to go with, you sit down with them and discuss the plan. All right, what's the plan for my son or my daughter? Mm-hmm. You know, what direction are we going to take this in? What strengths, weaknesses, um, all those. It's just like anything. you got to have a plan. The fourth thing I would look out for is the trainer teaching fundamentals um, for the most part. You know, and handling the basics, ball handling, shooting, passing, decision-making, moving without the ball, defense. Um, and then the fifth thing, Sweet Chuck, I think try to avoid all the fancy stuff, you know, all the tricky stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it may look cool on, on Twitter and all that, but is it really going to be beneficial for the 99% of the players uh, that probably aren't going to be able to do those things anyway? The, so that's kind of my list of five things. And the problem with your list, Seb, the only problem that I see, and it's got nothing to do with uh, – no, no, seriously. Like, as far as a basketball coach, that makes complete sense. That right. All those five things make complete sense. The problem is the parent – most parents have no idea what they're looking at. They don't know – they might know about presence. Like, you could probably go in – like, my wife could go in to my, my daughter's school – and, and figure out if that teacher is probably going to be a good teacher or not by just looking right. at watching them work. But as a most parents, they don't know what moves and things are good. You know what skill sets are good for their son or daughter or not. What you know teaching methods. Like I agree with you a hundred percent. They need to know. You know they need to do their homework. They need to know what they're getting taught. They need to know the presence, the group size. All those things are super super important. But they need to obviously know what they're looking at too. And I think when most trainers, and I would say probably 90%, that's a safe number, are going to teach the tricky moves. It's just mm-hmm. going to be an hour of it. You know, you've been around it, Seb. We've, oh, yeah. We've been in workouts. I remember talking to NBA assistant coaches going out um, to, you know, to work with their players in the offseason. Their player has a trainer and this player would be one of the most unskilled players you'd ever want to meet. Big, strong, athletic, could jump to the moon, but has no skill. And all this play, this trainer wanted to do for the first 45 minutes of the workout is all ball handling drills, all tricky ball handling moves and stuff. So, yeah, like I think 90% of the trainers are move-oriented instead of actually teaching your son or daughter something. So, And that's a big problem. That's a big, big problem. Um what else do you see with that, Seth? I, I, I totally agree. You know, you and I go round and round, and, and you know, we, we text or call each other, hey, go look at this guy so-and-so online and watch these tricky moves that he's teaching this 12-year-old kid that might not be able to use his left hand around the rim, you know. Um, so that's, that's something that was very prevalent that, that you need to be, be, be very cautious of, you know, if you're considering hiring a trainer. Um, you know, you and I have been on the on the um, kind of on both ends of this. We've we've been in situations where we're kind of the trainer yeah. or the workout guy, right. and we've been on the other side of it. We're uh, with an NBA team having to deal with trainers working with our players in the off season. Right. Um, so we've kind of been on both sides of that. And and to me, sweet Chuck, if we, if you know, and and you did the same thing. You know, if we had a trainer that was going to work with one of our guys in the off season, um, the first thing to do is to meet with that trainer and develop a plan 
for that player moving forward. I mean, I think one of the worst things that can happen is that trainer comes in and works with your player with no interaction with the coaching staff to develop a plan for that player. True. Yeah, I, I think I think step one for this parent is, like, do you sit, feel safe around this, not safe, but do you feel comfortable around the trainer? The second is talk to your high school coach, talk to your middle school coach, talk to whatever coach that your son or daughter is playing for and say, what is my son and daughter going to get need to get better at? Once you get that information, now you go to the trainer. You set up however your payment system is. Is it by session? Is it group? Is it individual? And talk to the pl- trainer because the trainer works for you. That you know you don't work for the trainer, and you need to go and say, look, our high school coach says they need to get better at X, Y, and Z. This is what I'd like to see developed. Whatever else you want to teach them is great, but this is what we need to center the workout around. And I think you need to be able to talk to the trainer regularly of. Not every day, not every other day, but maybe every couple of weeks and say, give me a sort of a, a um, timeline of how my son or daughter's doing. You know, what do I need to do at home to because to, they're only going to see the trainer once or twice a week. So what do they need to be doing at home? What are they doing well at? Right. What are they not doing well at? And then sort of be involved in it, not just throw your money to the trainer and just like be on the phone the whole time. I think they really need to really have it like you said have a plan of attack on this whole thing hey speaking of the phones if if your trainer's working your kid out with a phone in his pocket and he's constantly checking the phone i i i would reconsider that person for i sure. would i would <laughs> no, seriously it's like you know if you're teaching in a classroom and you know every five minutes the teacher's over at his desk checking his phone for text messages i mean come on that's yeah that flag. for sure look you know, most trainers today, I'd say about eighty-five percent are going to be like Steven fucking Spielberg, and they're going to have they're going to have either themselves or someone else filming the workout. I get it because hey, sweet Chuck, if a workout wasn't filmed, did it really happen? Probably not. Yeah, probably not. Probably not after the iPhone was created. No, probably not. But like, I think that look, they need to promote and they need to market. So I think yeah, I understand that. But yeah. like, if if you if you see your tr- your trainer like literally just filming your kid the whole time and not actually teaching and correcting like they like your kid needs to be getting a ton of reps your trainer needs to be correcting them moderately at a constant level and they need to be like sort of talking to the player once you know throughout the workout not the whole workout but throughout it and they needs to be some type of like Look, you're only going to get better through repetition and correction. And if, you're tr- if your son or daughter is just going to do a bunch of moves for an hour and then you're just going to Venmo the money to the trainer and there's no communication, then what are you paying for? Like, what are we doing? Yeah. You know? Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's a great point, sweet Chuck. Uh, you, you brought up a couple of things that I think are important. Um, and number one is you and I know that, you know, repetition is not punishment. No. Okay, but a lot of a lot of people think that you know boring is not good. I mean, boring is good. Yeah. I mean, it's boring, sure, but it's good, and repetition is not punishment. No. And you know, keeping it simple and and you know, you know, the, the bottom line is you 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 want to try to get this this player better. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you know, <laughs> being boring with the workouts, you know, is not a bad thing. You, would, you, would you agree? Yeah, I agree. And, and look, Seb, the problem, too, comes in that this, this is all these kids see, though. Look, they're on right. social media. My, my daughter's nine. She doesn't know anything about social media. My son's 
four. She will. She will, right. <laughs> it's so, coming, sweets. But all the, you know, no doubt. But all these kids, <laughs> that's all they're doing. Is they're on social media constantly. So that's all they see. So they see the fancy stuff. So they're probably, okay, so let's just play reality here. They're going to migrate to the tricky trainer, unfortunately, right? I have a big problem with the tricky type trainer that's just teaching moves that they're never going to do. But here's my thing. If you're going to fall into that trap, Okay, let's just say, because I'd say 70% of, of, of parents are going to be morons with this. They're not going to know. And they're not going to care, to be honest with you. They're just going to throw their money to the most popular person they can. So if you're going to do that, and you're going to work on, say, whatever the move is, pay attention to what is being taught in the sense that, are they just going to do these moves and you're never going to see them again? And the next training session, you're just going to do the, uh, another set of moves? Or are you going to work on this moronic move that your son or daughter is never going to make in a game, but at least they work on it every day and they teach it and they correct it and they're going to be good at it. Like that's the problem that you got to understand. Are they just, are they doing something different every day? Right. And you know what I call that sweet Chuck? I call it shotgun training. Shotgun training. Explain, please, because I, I okay. Like you know to how I shot you. You know I, you've probably never shot a shotgun in your life, sweet Chuck. Not a shotgun, but I've done rifles before. My dad. Okay. Yeah. You never. You have never been pheasant hunting or anything like that, right? No, I'm not high fucking society <laughs> like you. <all> say. <laughs> well, I grew up in the, in the sticks, you know. So. Yeah. But no shotgun training. You know, when you shoot a shotgun, the BBs just go everywhere. Yeah. You know they they they, they uh, cast a wide net. Yeah. Uh, so to speak. You know, so, you know, in the next workout, you're going to shotgun it again and do 50 more moves. And the next workout, that's another shotgun and 50 more moves. Uh, instead of just narrowing, you know, the focus down to two or three different things that can really help the kid. Right. Um, so that's, that's, I think we're on the same page when it comes to that. Yeah. Um, another thing that you mentioned earlier that, that caught my attention, Sweets, um, sometimes the power of the money and who's paying can compromise your belief. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what I mean by that is, you know, say you're, you're the trainer um, that's receiving the money, okay, and the power of that dollar can sometimes compromise your belief system. And what, I guess what I'm really saying is you give in to the players. Now, this happens more at the NBA level than it would with, you know, high school kids. And sometimes I've seen at the NBA level that, you know, these trainers are getting a, an exorbitant amount of money um, and you know, to, and they'll give in to the players' belief system instead of sticking to theirs. You and I have both seen it. Well, they need it because if they lose, some a lot of these trainers can't afford to lose an NBA client. They're not like Drew Hanwin that has twenty of them. Right. Like you right. know, like if they lose an NBA client, they're done. So yeah, and so let's be honest. Like a lot of these trainers that aren't NBA trainers that just work out with high school kids, they'll probably deal with a lot of more <laughs> BS. Either a from a parent uh, that I like a like a parent that has a lot of money that's paying them a lot of money to train and they got to deal with their chomp, you know, they're chirping at them all constantly and, you know, being high maintenance. And if they're not charging the really good player, the player that's being looked at by division one schools or scholarship, you know, if, if I'm in like New Hampshire or Maine, you know, I, I'm, I'm probably not looking at a kid that's getting recruited by Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, but I might get a kid that's getting looked at by New Hampshire, you know, by Bentley college and the scholarship. Right. So like, I'm probably not I'm gonna again put up with a lot of you know a lot of like high maintenance work from the from the player because I don't want to lose my scholarship players because that's the player that's attracting 19 other paid clients so yeah I mean unfortunately but we're not 
we're not advocating for the trainer today. We're advocating for the parent. So yes, that that yes. really wouldn't affect them all that much. But yeah, you're right. You, you get impacted by that. And yeah, let's talk about the money too, because yeah. this stuff could be pretty expensive. It, Except, it, it can get you know. What's what? Do you want to do the ad and then we'll do this? Uh, we'll do the next one. Yeah, I guess we, we you know we uh, we got a new feature, sweet Chuck. Yeah. So uh, you know we got we got to read some ad copy, but but the first thing is. You know, there's a, there's a company called Colorcast, sweet Chuck. Uh, Colorcast is a live audio-only sports talk platform, and it's free to download and use. Uh, you can talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's really good for, like, watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, after your team has won or lost. Can we talk you know? to our eight fans that are listening to us? <laughs> can we interact sure. with them? You, nice. you can go to Colorcast and interact with them. Awesome. Uh, and you can react to breaking news and you know, share your own experiences on the app. So you you know you can download the ColorCast app free at your uh, at your app store, and you know create a link and a profile and all that, and then you can get connected with you know people and fans that have the same interest that uh, that you do, and uh, come with your spiciest takes when you uh, download ColorCast. Okay, so for whoever's for whoever's editing this, go back about um, two minutes before we started the ad and get rid of all that money stuff. We're going to now talk about the money stuff again. So right, now right. we could do the sort of segue into it. Okay. All right, three, two, one. So, Sev, let's talk about the money, right? Let's oh, talk boy. about, yeah, because different trainers, you know, depending on where you are and their name, you're going to be paying for different stuff. you be paying True. up to, you know, from as little as $30 a session, $20 a session, and that could be either like the really inexperienced trainer that doesn't have a big clientele or you'd be thrown in a big group for 20 bucks a session with a you know whoever trainer so or you could be paying up to 100 150 dollars an hour for individual you could be paying up to 75 60 to 75 dollars for a group so i think that you just have to shop around for the best possible price look you get what you pay for if someone has a big name you're going to be paying for it the one thing you have to watch out for, though, is you need to make sure that your child is getting attention. If you're yes. paying, yes, if you're paying top dollar, that trainer can't be giving giving your son or daughter to an intern to work out on the side basket. If you're paying top dollar, they need to be the one working with your child, as well as that group size can't be more than six. It's got to be one to six, depending on what you're paying. If I'm paying under $100 an hour, maybe you can go to four to six or less. If you're paying over $100 an hour, in my opinion, it should be individual. At most, you should be working with another kid. But if I'm paying more than $100 an hour, I'm making sure that my child's getting 100% attention. Yeah, there's no question. And, and you know, I'm in the Los Angeles area where uh, this thing has just exploded. Mm -hmm. And if the parents listening right now are shocked by the sticker price, you know, that's about what it is. You know, if, if you're going to, you know, be with a trainer who has a good reputation and, you know, has a big social media presence um, and it's a one-on-one -on -one workout, be prepared to pay up to $75 or $100 an hour uh, for that workout. That's just kind of the going rate now in, in a large, you know, metropolitan area like Los Angeles or the Bay Area or Dallas or wherever. Uh, that's kind of the going rate. Um, but like you said, you, you got to survey the situation. If, if, the, if the trainer's just throwing him off to a side basket with one of his interns and all the intern's doing is rebounding and passing him the ball, I mean, uh, that's your fault. Yep. 
you you need to make better decisions when it comes to that. So. Right. And again, and you got to do your homework a little bit depending on what your child needs. If your child needs to be most likely if they're just going in there to get shots, repetitions, maybe pick up a couple of moves they need, then you could work with any, almost any trainer. What right. I think the biggest problem that comes in is if your child cannot shoot a lick, if they're huh. a terrible shooter, and you send them to a trainer that has no formal training in, in shooting. Now, look, you could almost anybody could be a trainer as far as working out with different moves. I can go on YouTube and look at Kevin Durant's jab step. I could I could memorize it and be able to teach it in an hour from now. Like, that's yes. not that hard. But right. when, to be a shooting coach, to improve somebody's shooting... That's where, A, I need to have one-on-one attention. I can't be in a group if my child needs it with the shooting. And I need to research my trainer to make sure they've worked with other players and gotten those players better at shooting. So shooting, ball handling to me, I think anybody could do it. I think if you do enough drills and enough sort of stationary ball handling drills and other drills, I think you could improve some of this ball handling. Moves you could improve. You know, I think... If you're getting shooting or defense, I think that that coach needs experience in those areas. And you can't just be sending your child to anybody, especially shooting, that if you don't want them to become a better shooter. What, what do you think? Yeah, I, well, let me give you an example. Uh, there's, there's a young kid that, uh, that I work with. He's seven years old, sweet child. Seven? And, okay. Yeah, and the parent got a hold of me and said, you know, I'd like you to work with my son. Mm-hmm. He's seven years old. You know, he has, he's had no, you know, coaching or training, which is, uh, okay. So, um. Did he have a Paw, Paw Patrol t-shirt when he came, r- walked in the gym, or what did he have? A r- Rugrats. Rugrats, Rugrats. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. No. Um, so, you know, my first, first thing with the seven-year-old kid, the first thing I did, Sweet Chuck, was find an eight-foot basket. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, I, I think that was really important for those young kids. So, we go to the eight-foot basket, and... You know, we work mainly on shooting, but we, we start with the very, very basics of, you know, hands on the ball and positioning of the ball and all, the, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's interesting. It's not like we just, you know, here's a seven-year-old who's never really played before, and we're going to start doing tricky stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and by the way, my, my time with that, that kid has been great so far. And you got to understand, a, a seven-year-old's attention span is about, you know, 10 seconds don't i know so, it yeah don't, don't know you know yeah. so you gotta you know you gotta change up the what your, your teaching methods every few minutes or so and you can only go maybe 35 minutes at the most oh yeah before they're ready to go play xbox or ride their skateboard or something without doubt without doubt <laughs> so but but you're right sweet chuck um so you and i have seen everything from the let, let's give them a grade i i've seen those that got an f F minus, get, actually. Yeah, those that get C's, and we've seen the A plus guys. Sure. Um, you know, and, and I really enjoy, you know, in the summertime in, in, in Southern California, I really enjoy going around and watching different trainers work with players of all level, from like NBA all-stars to college kids mm-hmm. to high school kids to middle school kids. Right. Because I think you, you can learn something, you know, either positive or negative from watching all these trainers uh, work with guys. 
oh sure i think there's something that you could pick up for almost anybody and you know look there's there's some people that you know if there was a z minus to give out i would give them a z minus <laughs> but i think there are a lot of trainers that are very good at what they do yes they're yes. not you know they don't just sit there they, they're not under the blanket or umbrella of you know of the when people say trainer a lot of times it's like a four-letter word you know it's it's a negative thing but i think there are a lot of trainers out there that do a really commendable really job with the player and yeah yeah it's good it's cool i think you could pick up either a mental thing or a skill that they teach or a teaching method or you know how they look it's all about connecting to the player you may not be a good trainer at all but tr- players might really like dealing with you because you connect with them. And that's a skill in itself. We yes. Look, there are a lot of coaches at the NBA level that can't connect to players. And trainer, you could, you could learn that from anybody. And I think there are a lot of things you could, you could take from you know, watching a trainer work with, with, with their clientele. Yeah, I always pick up you know, one or two little teaching points um, when I go watch people. Um, Another thing about trainer sweet chuck that I think is is important is, you know, what's the time that they're spending on the court? You know, what the time limit? Um, you know, if it, it to me, if it's if if it's one person and the trainer, I mean, I think a forty five minute session is is plenty of time uh, to get to get quality work in now if they're if they're stretching that thing out to an hour 10 hour 15 hour and a half i think they're and, and charging you for it mm-hmm. i think you, really you're just wasting your time now if it's a group workout like you said you know maybe it's three to five players in that group workout then obviously you'd want to go an hour to get more reps in but i think the parents need to be aware of you know what the time you know that that session consists of yeah, and then also look at, I think, with the trainer too, and here's the thing on our game today. Our game, in my opinion, is the most physically and skill-dominating era that we've ever seen as far as players sure. at all levels been able to do things. Uh, so they do stuff today, Sweet Chuck, that's unbelievable. No doubt. Skill in the, physic- in yeah, the physical skill. part of it and the nutrition, all that stuff, we're at an all-time high. Oh, yeah, no with, doubt. With basketball IQ... In dealing with adversity, we're at an all-time low. All-time low. Right. So <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Right. So if you could find, and, and the problem, I think a lot of it, you know, you could blame AU, you could blame that for sure. But you could also bl- blame that every kid, like most kids don't go out and play anymore. They just go out and work with a trainer and that's all they really do. That's their basketball, you know, for the week or for the month, whatever. So trying to find a trainer that can work with your son or your daughter individually, but has a stable of clients that maybe they sponsor a run during the week with their clients, like in teach or small group workouts where they play three on three. I would try to find a trainer, not only they could make my son or daughter better individually, but then if they could also teach my son or daughter, because let's be honest, the trainer is probably the one that's spending most time with them year round, not during the season, but in the off season, maybe the AU coach, but mostly they spend most time with the trainer. So if they're going to learn basketball IQ stuff during the offseason, it's probably going to be from the trainer. So if you could have a trainer that has you know, small group workouts or sponsors runs where they actually teach, I, yeah. would, I would try to gravitate to that trainer versus just the trainer that's going to take my son or daughter through an hour workout of shooting, no defense, no real teaching except individual. Like I would try to find those types of trainers. Maybe they have their own facility. Maybe they work in a facility. But maybe they have like – 
you know, small group workouts and individual, try to maybe change it up. But I think that the basketball IQ component, if you could find a trainer, preferably one that coaches currently or yeah. has coached. Somebody with maybe with some coaching background is yeah. really helpful. And, and those small group things that you talk about, and what we mean by that is three-on-threes, four-on-fours. Yeah. I mean, if you can find a five-on-five, you know, full-court situation that's kind of controlled by the coach or the trainer, mm-hmm. that's even better. Um, yeah. But what we see today, Sweet Chuck, is, is like playing on their own, you know, and have, having to compete to stay on the court. Yeah. That stuff is like out the window. No doubt. It's out the window, and we just have to deal with it, and that's the yeah, thing. It's not going to change. I yeah. Mean, that's just the way it is nowadays. So That's just the way it is. How are you going to do that? Like, how are you going to find that? And, you know, look, I, I think you got to find it any way you can. Obviously, hopefully your high school coach is good enough to, to right. be working with your son or daughter. College coach, so, you know, some of them are, some of them are not. But and like, what, and what we don't mean is, uh, you know, there's not, you know, AAU has some great, great opportunities for kids. Yeah. Uh, it's given them great opportunities. Right. But we're not talking about, you know, playing five AAU games over a two-day span. That's not what we're talking about. No, no. I think... I think a trainer that could put you in like three on three would be perfect and put mm-hmm. you in these situations like coming off a screen, coming off a pick and roll. Here's how you guard it. Here's how you score on it and then stopping it. And there's not many trainers that do it. I understand that. But I think that somebody that's taking your son and daughter by the hand, not only teaching them the individual skill, but how to read defenses, how to guard people, defenses. Well, incorpor- incorporating everything into yes. to a team uh, setting. And that's the problem. And God, God forbid, Sweet Chuck, that they emphasize defense. No, oh, yeah, that, that's... That's, like, you can't do that. I mean, you and I are guilty of it, too. Like, you know, like... When we're, <laughs> oh, for sure. Most of our workouts are going to be offensive because it's a... Yeah, 95% of the work is, but, is offensive. But teaching your son or daughter, even if they take them through five minutes a day, uh, five minutes of workout out of an hour workout, and talking about stance, foot position, hand position, sure. how to defend without fouling, even if they're just walking your son or daughter through it, that's why it's good to see if like that's why I don't mind the groups. I don't. I, I, there's a you know there's some big time trainers in the Dallas area, and I know right. that uh, a couple of parents go to one or two of them, and they said, well look, we're, we're paying over three figures an hour and now we're in a group of like 15 kids and like they're not really getting a lot of you know individual attention but if you could find a small group setting where they're not only getting their individual work in but they're getting taught on a group setting how to like correct themselves and implement these things and correct them right I, I, there may not be a trainer in area that does it but if you could research it those because, look, they're going to be spending the most time in the offseason with your son or daughter, let's be honest. They're going to be going to the trainer three or four hours a week, you know, on some ends. And they're going to be seeing them a lot of time. They'll talk to them. They'll text them. They'll they'll communicate. And having somebody that could actually teach them team aspect and top of individual yeah. aspect is just hitting a home run. That's that's almost what you and I would consider mandatory. Uh, yeah. but, you, but, you know, you know what is mandatory, Sweet Chuck? Another ad? Hey. Here's here's what's mandatory. Colorcast. Okay, Colorcast is a live audio only sports talk platform. Now, here's what you need to do, okay? You download the Colorcast app free in the uh, in your app store. Okay? It's really simple. You create a profile, you link it to your Twitter and you can join a league or a group of people with like interest. 
Mm -hmm. um, you know, you put the follow me at whatever it is to be notified when that room goes live. And then, uh, you know, we're going to be live on ColorCast on X day at X time. And uh, then you can join a group of, of like-minded people to rant and, and rave about your, uh, about your team's latest victory or loss. I, so, I heard it's, it's light years ahead of black and white cast. That, yeah, uh, yeah, it's color cast. It's color so, cast. So yeah. it's much better than black and white cast. If you guys uh -huh. are on black and white cast, I definitely would would tell you that you got to upgrade to color cast. No color cast, it's amazing. I, and you don't remember because you're not old enough, sweet Chuck, but I remember the transition from black and white to color TV. Dude, I used to watch Dr. J versus Larry Bird on my black and white TV in my kitchen when I lived <laughs> across the street from the Boston Garden in Boston. Yeah, yeah, back in yeah. like 82, 80. Yeah, well, I, I'm talking about the early 60s, Sweet Chuck. There might be one family in the whole neighborhood that had a color TV. And everybody, you know, the, every night there'd be like 30 people at their house. That to, must have been your family. TV. It, you no, not ours. No, I heard you watch the color TV in between your pheasant hunting with the fucking shotgun. No, sweet Chuck. It, I, I, it was the funniest thing because there'd like be one house, you know, usually the yeah. you know, the doctor or the dentist or what. Hey, they got a color TV. There'd be like forty people every night order watching the TV shows. Unbelievable. And then when we finally got one, it was ridiculous. We were like, it, of we course, were so happy. That's what we and, did. And by the way, sweet Chuck. Yeah. Th three channels. Three. Yeah. Yeah. We. And had, by the way, yo, sweet Chuck. Yeah. You had to actually get up off the couch and go over and turn the knob. Yeah, I know. That sucks. How about... Hey, when that when that remote thing came in, oh, you think I wasn't the happiest guy? Modern technology, my man. It was ridiculous. That anyway. was the Facebook of that time. Yeah. <laughs> that was that Facebook of our time. Yeah. Hey, but, you know, we, uh, this trainer thing, you know, we're, we're, we're big fans of, of some of the ones that, that maybe our listeners have heard of, like Drew, uh, Drew Hanlon, who we're going to... Um, hopefully have on our show as a guest someday. You know, I remember watching Drew before he even, you know, blew up like he did now. And he was just doing like pre-draft workouts in L.A. with, you know, for an agency. Oh, yeah. he. I, I met him much you before know. that when we had the skill academies in um, at Chicago. Right, He would right. come. I remember because he was – I started hearing about him. I met him then. He started doing stuff for Reebok because he was with Jameer Nelson. And I remember that um, – First time I've heard of it, like the Reebok sent him to like their headquarters in Massachusetts to work out a bunch of Reebok client, like Reebok NBA players. And right. then he just built it up from there. And right. look, you know, him and Gannon were the two, like Gannon was the first. And then you started hearing about Drew and right. then Micah Lancaster. Yeah, yeah Micah. Yeah. Micah Lancaster. <laughs> Funny story. So um, Micah Lancaster worked with Gannon and they were together. And again, you know, you can tell, I hate to interrupt, but you can tell by their mannerisms yeah. on the court that, that Micah kind of learned under uh, Gannon because they have a lot of the same mannerisms. Yeah, you could, you could hear, and then like, you know, and then you could, you know that who's come under Drew because like, so Gannon was the first one to sort of start sponsoring trainers that like under his umbrella and then, you know. And then Drew started doing it, and Micah starts doing it. So now, like, like there's this like hundreds of trainers, if not thousands literally, of trainers, literally that yeah. are under these three umbrellas. And you know, it's it's amazing, just sort of the i, 
And again, it's just anything, any type of business, Sev, it just keeps growing and growing and getting better. Look, we talk about it in the NBA. Like everybody thinks like Bob Cousy's a joke in today's game. Well, if Bob Cousy had the training and had the nutrition and had the personal coaching, like he would be a lot different player than he was back in when he played in the 60s. Same thing with trainers. Like trainers just started with you know people working people out. Then they started doing like, you know, videos, and then they started and doing social media. Social media. Yep. Then they started doing uh, their platform where trainers like went to their like um, retreats well, they, or yeah, they, they, yeah, and they charge, you know, they charge young. It's usually young kids trying to get into the business, and they'll go have a you know two day seminar with uh, with these trainers and pay and pay good money, you know. And, and then sign up under those people. <laughs> yeah. No, right. and then sign up. And then I don't know yeah. how it works, but I know like some of the trainers have these umbrellas that they, you know, that they take percentage of their money, you know, like they'll promote them under their social media and then their websites and platforms. And then right. they'll give them clients in, the, in whatever area they're in. And then there's obviously an exchange of a commission to, you know, to the head umbrellas, you know, sort, right. sort of like a legal pyramid scheme. But yeah, that's just I- sort of how they do it. I've enjoyed, you know, my time watching, and I'm just going to shout out a couple of guys. Sure. Uh, Noah LaRoche, I really enjoyed my time watching Noah teach. Sure. And he has a lot of high-level NBA players. But he also, you know, he'll do high school kids, WNBA players and things like that. And then I've always enjoyed going to watch um, uh, Phil Beckner. You know, and Phil, was, I was fortunate enough to work at one of his uh, events last summer. Um, but I, I enjoy watching those guys, and, and they're all, everybody's a little different because everybody's personality is different. Their teaching methods are different. Um, but I, I enjoy my time, with, uh, you know, watching all of them because, like I said earlier, I can always pick up one or two things that can maybe help me in my teaching moving yeah. forward. And and look, if your son or daughter is like a, a normal high school player, and I know in, in your and, and that's ninety nine point nine percent of the population, right? If they're a normal high school player that's not going to play college, you know. As a, as a father or, do, uh, or mother, you know, they all think they're going to play at UCLA. I get it. But, like, if they're just a normal player that just needs attention and they need a, somebody to make them better at the sport, even if they're a borderline college prospect, Division three or whatever, like, you don't need to hunt down a trainer that's worked with 10, 15 NBA players. I would work no. with the trainer that, A, has doesn't have a million clients, it's good in your area, doesn't have a million clients, you don't need an NBA, quote-unquote, NBA trainer. Now, hey, the, by the way, what yeah, does that mean? True, because... This, okay, you're going to see, it adver- as a parent now, yeah. you're going to see it advertised NBA trainer. There's 510 well, NBA... What exactly does that mean? Well, there's 510 <laughs> NBA players, and there's 3,422 people that say they work with NBA players. So I, don't I think know. that means, sweet Chuck, they wear NBA socks. They wear Jerry West in their socks, probably so. <laughs> but, like, you don't need an NBA trainer necessarily if you have a, just a normal high school kid that's a pretty good player in the high school team, JV team, freshman team, yeah. whatever it is. So just pick one that your son or daughter's comfortable with, has a good reputation, you're comfortable with, communicates with you, and does the job. I know that there are, there are trainers that have no NBA players, never work with a pro. That could be 20 times better than 90% of the trainers that say they work with NBA players. So Exactly. Yeah, just find somebody you're comfortable with and, and, and you yeah. could afford and doing a good job with your son and daughter and you're actually seeing results. But it would be nice if your high school coach and your trainer could talk to one another and sort of communicate and get on the same page. Sometimes you can't right. do it. 
But I just think that there needs to be a plan, there needs to be communication, and there needs to be letting the trainer work and do their job. And I think uh, yeah. they'll find one. I think I think we've uh, we've covered just about everything there is to cover concerning trainers. But more importantly, Sweet Chuck, it's time for me to take Stella for a walk. Oh yeah, where are you guys going? Stella, we're just we're probably going to go to the park today for a little walk. So she's giving me those big puppy dog eyes, like, "What are you doing talking to this guy?" Sure. It's time for our walk. All right. So. We appreciate everybody tuning in for uh, this week's episode of Caught in the Net. Sweet Chuck, uh, you got anything? Adios. Adios. <laughs> I'm about to watch. All right, thanks. I'm about, I'm about to watch Three Amigos tonight, so I'm just going to get in character. Adios. Oh, Steve Martin. Steve Martin. All right, Martin. thanks everybody for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week. Later. And you've been you've been caught in the net.